0: Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Lord, we thank you for gathering us here today. Please open our hearts and our ears as we receive your word. Help us to see and feel your presence among us. In your name we pray. Amen. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he had began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. Who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran out and put his arms round him and kissed him. Then his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no no longer worthy of being called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a rope, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his, el- now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and was approaching the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you were always with me, and that is all is mine, is yours but we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life he was lost and has been found the word of the lord
1: this is going to be a really strange experience for me standing up here as a high school youth about to talk to a group of my sorry elders on a lesson that has to do with things we experience as we go through life if you hadn't noticed I'm still a kid, and I kind of look to all of you for my wisdom on life experiences, because I haven't had them yet. Not to mention, this lesson is on the parable of the prodigal son, which is one of the most well-known parables of all. And don't tell me you don't know this story, I was in a musical here about it, so I see through that one, but nice try. So with a ton of different pieces of this story, still common throughout our culture, including phrases like, killing the fatted calf, and obviously calling a straying family member or friend a prodigal son. uh, You probably quote pieces of this story a lot more often than you'd expect. So this means that not only am I here to talk about a life of experiences that I am yet to encounter, I have to try to bring a new angle to the tale and enlighten a crowd who already knows the story and has related it to their lives on multiple occasions. Nevertheless, here's my take on a story that deals with deep regret, sorrow, forgiveness, and love before I've even seen these kind of emotions in the way most of you have already experienced. That being said, let me set the stage for my life right now in case you haven't been brushing up on my personal affairs. I am currently a high school senior down to my final choice of colleges, and it is between Baylor, a private Christian school, and The Ohio State University, which I recently discovered is one of the nation's top party schools. So obviously, this choice isn't going to shape my life by any means for my future, and there will always be good and bad spots wherever I go, but it's part of the consideration. While I still have yet to make my choice, I know both will affect my life, educationally, socially, religiously, and in different ways. I keep running through situations in my mind which could happen at, at either college, or honestly any college throughout the country, and often they can end up relating pretty strongly to this parable. After all, I am about to take a large sum of my parents' money, go far from home, probably do some scrounging for food quite often, and daily be in situations where I can make some very poor choices. Not to mention I'm the youngest of two brothers. So, so that brings me to a few nights ago, chilling with my iPad and my Bible, reading this unbelievably moving tale about God's unrelenting love no matter what I do in my future, while flipping back and forth between two uh, housing applications. Let me tell you, sitting here as someone who's incredibly nervous about the world of possibilities about to be opened up to him, it was ridiculously reassuring thinking about all these things that his son did when he went away from home and still returned to his father's love. With a tale of love and forgiveness like that, I thought about how easy it would be if I wanted to just go nuts and do whatever I wanted and look up to God and be like, You got me with that forgiveness thing, right? I'm sure there are people who have read this story and thought the exact same way. Wow, God is telling me to mess up as much as I want and as much of an idiot as I am when I'm gone. I should just come back to him and everything will be perfect. Good plan, so let's go, let's do it. Wait, that doesn't seem fair. It's not fair to anyone, even myself. I'll be cheating myself out of the life I should be living in expectation that it'll be okay in the end. I mean, God wants us to live the way he says we should for a reason, right? Maybe it's better that way. And that could be another message in this story, that if you're doing bad things, it's only hurting you because you're cheating yourself out of something better. That doesn't seem fair, but at least it's not unfair to anyone else. Well, then I thought about how I would feel if someone else was doing that. If my new roommate was an absolute animal drifting from party to party as I sat in my desk studying my chemistry textbook throughout the night and how it would feel if he showed up with, to me with church next morning and asked God for the same love I was expecting to receive. And then I imagined God giving it to him. Well, that didn't seem right at all. How unfair is it that I'll live my life literally by the book and my neighbor breaks seven of the Ten Commandments in three hours and God turns to an angel and goes, look at them. These are my children. I love them both evenly, unconditionally, and without end. I mean. That's exactly the, God, the kind of God I want to believe in, and I do believe in, but when we think about it in the mindset of the older brother, it's really hard not to react the same way we kind of shame him for in this story. So especially looking from the view of the older brother in this parable, because we're opinionated people looking to an unbiased God, everything seems unfair. When we read this story, it's really easy to look at it saying, Life is unfair if you're viewing it from the perspective of either of the brothers. It's not always easy to look at the position of the father because we know that it's God and we often feel that the standards set by him are these kind of amazing, untouchable bars. But in looking at this story, it's impossible for me not to think about the situation from his perspective and the great unfairness done to him. Yes, the moral of this analogy is to show that God will love no matter what, but it seems like such an injustice to take that for granted. Yes, God's forgiveness will always be there, whatever situations you get into, for whatever purpose, but if we are to base our lives off of how he wants us to live, we should recognize the unfair nature of us asking for this forgiveness, because we're asking it from someone who else when we're not willing to give it ourselves. Yes, you will always receive God's love, but hopefully this is a behavior that will rub off on us and make us the loving, forgiving Christians that God has always called us to be, but modern Christians have put in the back seat. So with only three main characters in this powerful situation and a great unfairness done to each, the life's not fair I heard from my own father 430,000 times doesn't seem so ludicrous anymore. God loves us, and God loves to forgive us, but I know that when we accept this from him and don't give it back to others, he's somewhat disappointed. This parable has the ability to put us in each side's shoes. Read it as the son who has returned. You see the unfairness he has done to himself and his family, but he experiences God's love. God gives him this love and hopes he will spread it to those around him. Read it as the proper brother, filled with spite at this injustice done to him because he sees himself as the good one. God is begging us to see the unfairness in the world and not only do something about it, but accept it and continue to love and forgive anyway. Read it as the Father. Read it with the largest of hearts and the most impossible of love. But it's not impossible. See the story from all perspectives. See the unfairness of life and the injustice in the world done to you, no matter who you are and no matter what position you're in. You will be loved. You will be forgiven. God only wants us to pay it forward. I'm leaving in a few months to continue my life and to start an entire new chapter, This will be a world entirely different for me, and I don't know how my life will be changed while I'm gone. I don't know what positions I'll be put in at each point in my life, and I don't know if I'm going to be put in shoes of the father, the eldest son, or the prodigal. But I know that no matter which it is, I'm going to feel as though my life is unfair. At different times, you will feel like each character, but push yourself to remember to come back to God and his forgiveness to feel yours for others. Life isn't fair. It never will be and it was never intended to be. See the injustice and remember this story and remember that you are both brothers and the Father in someone else's eyes. Use your love of God and this love from God in order to turn the world's unfair nature into something that people can look at as grace. Because quoting the song, Be My Escape, the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. Nothing will ever be fair. But that's the lesson. Live like the older brother, forgive like the father, and live in wonder of God's love for you like the prodigal son.
0: Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.fpcah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.